everyone, it's your girl Sim the Motivator, and I want to welcome you back for another episode of a Conscious Blend web uh, podcast. Ooh, I went to webcast. That means that my guest for today has some big things in store for me. It's actually my cousin Justin, all the way from across the pond over in England. So, hey, Just. Hey, Cos, how you doing? I'm doing all right. So I had that little. Freudian slip there and said webcast real quick <laughs> instead of podcast. Yeah. I know you always have big, big aspirations for me. Makes you wonder if that's that's what you have lined that's up next. next. You're the next Joe Rogan. Come on. <laughs> so what's up, man? What's going on on that side of the pond? Well, I mean, over here it's been, um, as you said, everybody's in lockdown. So it's been a little bit strange um in terms of moving around but i mean everybody's moving around like it's normal but just the volume of people on the road is slightly different and obviously people are a little bit more you know there's not many anti-maskers here like what i see what's going on in in the um the us but um yeah everybody just here just getting on with it as i said we're back to schools now kids are back so it's been it's been a little bit frantic um here in in the UK, but it's been good. I can't lie, it's been, everybody seems to be good. So we're just gonna keep moving forward with that and just looking forward to some some freedom and some summer and some some parties. Yeah, man, it, it's, been, it's been a year just about. I was looking, you know, the phone gives those memories and mm. it was showing me last year, this time I had taken uh, with one of my coworkers, our girls club to, Philadelphia for an overnight trip and okay. that was exactly one year ago and we came back the Tuesday evening and yeah. went through the rest of the week and Friday we're like see you Monday maybe and Monday never yeah. came that was it everything shut down <laughs> so it's crazy to think it's been a year basically that we've been in this COVID situation a little open up, then a little shut back down, then a little open up again in this back and forth um, business because you know people don't want to be considerate of others and wear a mask and social distance and do other things that would help us move forward. And we can't see each other. We can't be around each other. We've had trips planned and keep having to postpone them yeah. because we can't yeah. travel. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's it's um it's funny because I was out there planning obviously to see you guys. I was like, right, all the fairs are going down, and then then they, then they put New York on the red list. <laughs> it's like, you can't if you go to New York, you can't come back. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, I, 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 yeah, I can't afford to come back and then be in isolation for two weeks. Um, my my boss would kill me. So yeah, I tried to avoid all of that, but you know, said like. We will catch up on WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram once in a while. So it's not the same, but um, you know, it's it's some connections better than no connection. Very true. Say. Very yeah. true. So you know, in a sense, technology has definitely helped us out because we have these other um, avenues that we can use to keep in touch. You know, social media, WhatsApp, phone, FaceTiming. So we're not kept in complete isolation. You know, if this if this were 20 or 30 years ago, we would be in not in trouble, but in trouble in terms of communicating and keeping in touch with family that isn't 
you know, in the same household or even walking distance. Because there's people who live a couple blocks away who I haven't seen in a year. Yeah, I've, I've got a person who's next door. So I've, my neighbors are, are, um, are quite old. Oh. And uh, so when it first hit, you know, I was, when I was going shopping, I was getting them when they, you know, when they were buying everything off the shelves over here. Yeah. Did you have the same over there? Oh, yeah. Toilet paper. Right. Yeah, toilet paper and all of that. So when, what I did was I was driving a little further out. I was driving about, maybe about 30 miles out of, out of London to like a, a quiet area and buying stuff. So I'd get the milk and bread and this, that and the other. And then obviously, you know, you just leave it at the door, knock it and go, you know, mm-hmm. and they bang on the door to say, yeah, on the wall to say, yeah. So I didn't see them for about six months. Wow. Really. Yeah, I didn't see them for about six months. They weren't, they weren't coming out, which is fair enough. But if you're, you know, if you're that age, but I mean, as I said, with their family, they've, you know, obviously if you didn't, you know, Zoom now, if you never had Zoom, I didn't, you know, I didn't know about Zoom and all this. And, and people are actually using the technology to, um, to really connect with people and still keep businesses going. You know, people are doing seminars and all sorts on, on oh, yeah. Zoom. But there is nothing like um, being in the presence of another person and feeling their energy. Of course. You know, and it, it's, you can't get that through the screen, unfortunately. As much as I love seeing you, you know, with this. <laughs> no one, obviously, it's going to be audio, but I could actually see you. As much as I love seeing you, it's like, I want to hug you and you know, and yeah, man, can't. It's it's um the mental health aspect of being a human being and not being able to connect physically um, with other human beings is, you know, the um I don't know. I think maybe for younger lot as well. I mean, the damage and for those people that are lonely as well. You know, it's, it's, I think it's uh, it's been quite damaging this this time these these last two years. You know, and no end in sight really because obviously this is going to be annually isn't it yeah i don't know it's going to be a few years before there's any there's no getting back to normal there's there's no i don't believe any worldwide pre-covid happenings that will take place i believe some places might be able or have been able to get back to how things were but i don't see it happening um, on a worldwide scale, just because of the inequity that exists, and certain and places will yeah. have certain yeah. things, and others won't. Yeah, I mean, the, the view that um, certain European countries will only now accept you um, without the pre-precautions if they know that you've got the two vaccines, you've had the two vaccines, and that's another thing that's like rhetoric that you know is not. Uh, a vaccine it's a it's something that you take and then every year you're going to take it a, a vaccine is something that you take and you don't have to take it again right we know that every single year that you're gonna that the flu the flu jab right. is gonna be it's gonna be a covid jab and I, I, you know people think they're gonna take it these two injections and they're gonna be immune um from covid for the rest of their life and that's just not true so it's gonna be an interesting um future how they work it and then how also how this how COVID actually reacts and mutates and and like flu has for years and then maybe in five years we'll just get used to it every year 
just like the flu kills how many people every year, it would be the same with yeah, maybe yeah, because I've never had the flu jab ever. Me neither. So, so I, you know, I'm not against. You know, my um, unfortunately, one of my family members over here has passed away due to COVID. But I'm not a person that would probably would take um, the flu vaccination. I mean, the COVID vaccination myself personally, because I'm just like I've had it, and um, it was you know it was like a rough cold, and I'm probably one of the lucky ones where my body's able to to fight it in that way, you know, and yeah. people, you know, so, you know, I've no complaints either way. If you want to take it, fine. If you don't want to take it, fine. It's, it's, it's your kind of choice, but the way that they're going to make it going forward that you have to, it looks like if you want to travel will be um, quite interesting to see that, yeah. that. I think as time goes on, we'll see how, you know, how it goes. And just, I think in the meantime, just, Take the precautions and do the best that you can, mm. right? Dep- with the all the guidelines that have been put out and stuff. But anyways, enough about COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's a, yeah, that's got us all. You know, <laughs> edit that down a bit. But yeah, go on. So, you know, for the for the listeners, you are you're an educator, you're a writer, mm-hmm. you're a businessman. Um, I don't know which which one of your many hats you want to tap into first? Um, let's talk, because right now I'm trying to do this for this second book. Oh, so we can talk about, right. yeah, we can talk about the book. Okay. Yeah, so um, from a creative perspective, I, I don't, I mean, obviously you write, so you you understand the challenges of, yes. of of being um, a writer um, and it's, I, I would say if I was a journalist, I think it'd be easier because you have facts and you can research stuff and then you can write about what you researched or what's an actual fact. Um, when you're a creative writer like myself, where you know, you, you, you're blending poetry with storytelling and short stories and and trying to find that as you'd say that conscious blend of um of creativity in your writing it's really difficult sometimes you just get writer's block I mean I don't know yeah do you get have you suffered from writer's block as well of course and you know what I've been watching videos on writer's block (laughs) and all of (laughs) And, and and I know that obviously part of writer's block is also your state of play, like your life, where you're at, like what you're doing, like stress at work and, you know, and the load on your brain, like after doing a full day of work, do you have the energy to go and write this story, you know, and, and really be able to put the thoughts down, you know, really they're there during the day when you're at work. And you know, you can't, it's really frustrating because you get home and you're, you're ready to go and then you have your dinner. <sighs> and that's and you just, it, you're done for the day. You're done, you're done, you're done for the day. They, they will say you've got a finite amount of brain power. That's why I talk about working smart. You've got a finite amount of brain power that you are entitled to every day. And then every day you go sleep and recharge that finite. And you know, obviously being an educator as well, that you spend a lot of that, that 
time and that creativity and that energy, that brain energy, talking to young people all day. You know, because we're good at our jobs as well, because we're not people that are just doing it to get paid. Um, we find it, I find it, um, I spend a lot of time really trying to help, trying to just plant seeds into these young people, just aspirational seeds into these young people. And then you come home and it, it affects your creativity. I mean, I wrote literally maybe about 30% of my last book when I was in New York with you. Mm. Because it was just away from everything. It was up in that, the lightning was going. Remember that the lightning right. storm? All of yeah, that. yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know whether the lightning charged me up and I was just, just up, just writing, 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 writing. But maybe it's just a different headspace, you know? And um, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's been difficult to really nail. And I'm right at the end as well, which is really annoying. Mm. I've got it pretty much laid out, but I'm like, I can't, you know me, I can't do substandard products. I could release it now. It just wouldn't be right. You know, I've got to make sure that it's not, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be complete for me. What's this book about? It's the same, it's the same concept. So for your readers that don't have Destination or Destiny, um, volume one, it's, um, so I'll explain to them. So it's a series of short stories and poems um, based around love, life, um, relationships, uh, death, um, just experiences in life. And just my own take on what, you, you, you know, my creative views of how I saw certain things, you know, through life. I mean, because I said the first book took a little while to, to write. It was a collection and then, you know, just keep writing over the years and then it just became a book and part of doing that book was also as I said um, was to show my children that you can you can do anything you want you know you don't need a publishing deal you I found out how to self-publish as you know as well yeah you know and you just get your stuff out there and it's out there you know and it's not you're not doing it because you, you want to get a writer's deal you're doing it because somebody needs to read that book you know, and somebody needs, if it's one person reads the book and they, and something resonates with them, or story resonates with them or whatever, it's, you've done something, you know, and you've, you've left something that's, that's going to be eternal, to be honest. And so the second book is really, you know, an, an extension of where I was, because, you know, when you write as well, it's, you was in a certain headspace when you wrote that. True. And I've moved forward in my life. So my experiences are different. Um, the love I've experienced is different. The pain I've experienced is different. The, the stories that I want to write are, are different as well. So um, it's, you know, it's just a, there'll be a collection, probably. There will be a collection, not probably, there will be a collection of them. And then I'll probably write um, something completely different. Um, that's, you know, that's where I'm going with it right now. So you mentioned about, having the story and sharing it even if it's one person who hears it not being concerned with the with having you know being connected to a major publishing company or anything like that which I totally get why do you feel it's so important for your words to be heard it was um it was something that Les Brown said um 
I was going through, I've always written poetry anyway, and short stories from as far back as I can remember. Um, but it was something that Les Brown said that the cure for cancer is in the graveyard and the, there's so many stories and medical things and breakthroughs and all of these things are left in the graveyard, people's stories and all these things are your exploits are left in the graveyard because people don't actually do the thing that they want to do or that they should leave um, behind. And for me personally, when I heard that, I was like, raw, like he's right. The graveyard is full of great ideas because, and they've died with these people and they've not been able to write their stories or express their, what they wanted to do and they're gone. Yeah. And they don't get a second chance to, um, to say it, um, since they don't. So for me, I needed to get what was inside me out, basically. You've got all this, everybody, as I said, everyone has a story to tell, whether it's through a podcast, through a book, through a film, through music, through dance, through art, through whatever. You've got a story that you need to tell that will resonate with somebody you know, and I know that my experiences in life and some of the stories of, you know, you know, we're quite a funny family anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you know, some things will make you smile, some things might make you sad, some things might make you remember things, but I know that my experiences can help other people as well because other people's experiences have helped me. So, you know, I weren't trying to, you know, write a bestseller like Anthony Robbins, you know, because obviously his experiences and listen to his story, he's told that story of him, his mum wanting to be a trucker, and then that, that story's helped other people and been inspired them to do whatever they do in their life based on what he said. So why can't my story of might be brokenhearted or, or whatever, um, my story of humour, my story of aspiration, my story of thinking back and reminiscing, why can't those stories help somebody else? And I think that that's part of the legacy you know that you leave you, you want to leave behind you want your grandchildren you know your, your great-grandchildren your, your, your great-great-grandfather wrote this book and they read it and it might might you know it might you might know a little bit about me as well but it might also resonate with you and realize that you can do anything that you put your mind to as well so because you you talk about legacy a lot that's something that in almost all of our conversations um, mm. is something that comes up, leaving something for your children, leaving something for your grandchildren just so that the struggle can be different. I've I listened to you on the Failure at 40 podcast. You mentioned the same thing about leaving behind um, something of value, right? That legacy. Why mm. is it so important? to you two things one no one's left me a legacy and I know what it's like to live without a legacy being left for you so you're starting from scratch as I say to people sometimes when, when people look around and they're like hey you should be here or you should be there I'm like man I, my starting position I'm starting from scratch um so yeah some people do do better from scratch but for me I'm like I have no legacy I 
don't want my children to go through, and I wouldn't say suffer, but I don't want my children to experience the kind of struggle that I had. Not to make their life easier, because you know what I'm like with my kids, you got to earn everything. Right. There's, no, there's no free rides here. Um, you have to be responsible with your money and also your talent, because your talent can convert into money. Um, but you, I don't want them to go through what I went through, Sim. Like, I can't, I can't do it, because like, it's like, that for me would be me failing as a dad. Like, if I don't show them, like, even going to university was a key thing for me. I was like, how can I tell my kids to go to university if I ain't been? Mm. Because they said kids, kids do what they see you do. They don't do what you say. Correct. Unless, unless you're busting their heads. <laughs> and even right. then, even then, they're like, you're a hypocrite. Don't tell me to not smoke if you smoke. Right. You know, oh, you don't smoke, it will kill you. But you smoke. So I'm going to smoke. You know, and very few parents, you know, very few children, you know, don't do what their parents do. If you've got a good example and you grow up and you've got a great example, then you will follow that example, you know? And it's, for me, I had to go to university so I can say to my kids, oh, no, you can, like, you, you can go to university if you don't want to go, because that's not your academic route. Fine, if you're not that way inclined that you, you think university is the route for you, fine. But I can talk from a position of experience and saying, yeah, you should go to university. And the reason why is I've been, and it was a good experience for me, so you should go. They can't say, well, you never go. You're trying to send me. I don't know what, you don't even know what it's like that. So, you know, those are the things that you, for me, so I can't talk for everybody. I think that you have to do the things that you want your children to do. So if you want your children to save, they need to save. They need to see you saving. If you send your kids be good with money, then you need to be good with money so they can see that you're good with money. If they see you struggling, then they think that struggle's normal. And that is just not the kind of legacy that I want for my kids. My kids said to me at Christmas, imagine, they said, Dad, we've got everything we need. Mm-hmm. Don't need anything. Like, like that is a product of you seeing the hustle going on, you see everybody working, you've got what you need, you ain't really struggling, and you, you understand how money works and the, the process that the adults got to go through to get the money. So I know I'm confident in myself that my children will be even better than I am with money, because was fine earlier, money education. That means my grandchildren will have a different experience of growing up. My great-grandchildren have a different experience of growing up. But you have to break the cycle somewhere. And I'm the person that's decided to break the cycle. Because you know my situation. Yeah. I was very freely about it and very open about the fact that obviously my mum was my only, it was just me and my mum. And my mum has, you know, factually, has never taken a cent. She's done it all by herself. So it's that kind of, I don't want you to, I don't want you to be like that. Even now, if I'm not with your mum, like the finance is there because at the end of the day, people say money's not everything, but money gives you options and it opportunities. Does. And it gives you options and opportunities. And, you know, and I think that that's something that I think as a community, as black people, we're kind of getting out of that now. But there was a time when money ain't everything, but money is 
unfortunately, not before God or anything else, but really and truly, the more money that you have, the more opportunities and options that you have to do the things that you want to do. So where would one start? A person comes to you, a friend comes to you and says, just, I see what you've been doing. You've been mm -hmm. hustling. You know, I come from the same background, immigrant parents into, you know, who started from their scratch, trying to make sure that we have the bare minimum, right? We have the minimum to build upon education, to get a decent job so that we can be comfortable and not struggling like them. But we're not coming from that generational wealth that others might have had. Where, where do you tell that person to start when they come to you for advice saying, I want to build something, but I only have this much. I only have this little skills or I don't have any skills at all. The, the first place that I went to, so I'm going to talk for myself. The first place that I went to was books. Um, because it's just, okay, it, so I would just use this analogy as a, as a, as a thing. If, 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 I'm a if I'm a professional boxer and you want to get into boxing, the first thing they're gonna say to you is, you need to train yourself first. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so you start on yourself you start building your educational, you don't have to be academic, but you start learning things because knowledge and education are two different things. You, somebody can be highly educated, but not have a knowledge in something. You know, you could, or you could be, uh, I don't know, academic in quantum, quantum mechanics, but you don't understand how the banking system works or cryptocurrency or, or trading or, or all of these other things. And having knowledge, certain types of knowledge is what you want to research. So prime example, start reading books about rich people. So how did, and not the, not the, not the, um, so, so somebody like um, people always, the kids always say this to me in school, because saying to, um, they talk about dropping out of school and all of this, and they always use um, Steve Jobs mm. as an example. And I said, Steve Jobs is, you know, Steve Jobs is not an example. Neither is Bill Gates, because the fact that you had a garage big enough to um, build a computer in your garage means your house was big enough to have a garage that you could put the things in, which means your parents had enough money to be able to have a big house for you to do that, you know. And then there's all of these you know nuances inside there that you don't understand about um yeah uh like even companies here big companies here like um there's a phone company i don't know if you have it in in america called car phone warehouse and um it's a massive phone company here that um sold mobile phones and the guys that set it up they they told this story how they had a six uh, six thousand pound loan or nine thousand pounds, whatever it is, loan, and that's how they started up this multi-million-dollar company. Well, the guy that underwrote the loan was Ross from Ross Frozen Foods. You know about Ross Frozen Foods, right? Do you have Ross Frozen Foods? No, we don't have that here. Okay, so basically, I don't know what your big frozen food. It would be like the guy's dad's Walmart, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like the Walmart of frozen foods. So you didn't just have a six grand 
um, loan from the bank. You had all your dad's connections mm. to the networks, to the to the this, to the that. So when you understand that that actually you're starting from a disadvantage because they have all of these other things in place and you're starting, you've got to then go and find the people at your level that will help you get to where you're going. So like reading books like the, the $100 Startup, Richest Man in Babylon, just understanding, um, get um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just kind of understanding how money works. Once you kind of understand how money works, you can then start looking at how you're going to go and invest your money. So do you have enough money to um, start trading? Because this is a thing that is something that I've said, I've, we've explained, I mean, you've spoken about this before. Right. If somebody have explained it, explained trading to me, because in the UK, it's not taxed. I don't know if they tax it in the US. Yes, they do. So, right. So in the UK, your profits from trading are not taxed. So if you make a hundred grand, trading it's a hundred grand there's no tax it's that's a hundred grand from that trading account into your account no tax so if you would if you knew that this is the route earlier and you started studying it and then you got a mentor somebody that knows about it and you start reading books about it and then you become skilled in it and then you you progress around that field then you become you gain a knowledge in it and you're able to start using your small money and then that makes bigger money. Then you make bigger money, then you go into the next thing. Because I don't know what um, housing is like in, in um, the US, but over here, you, you know, I mean, my mum bought her house for, for something ridiculous and it's, it's, it's 100 times more than that she paid for it in the first place. 100% increase in from what she bought it for till now. So there's all of these other investments. There's, there's, I mean, people are making money doing trainers now, but the key thing is to find what you like doing and then just learn about it and understand the, just gain the knowledge on it. So when you are talking to people about your field or the field that you wanna go into, that you're not a novice, you can't get, you know, cause you know, there's a lot of rip off artists as well, cause of that course. will tell you, right, so they'll tell you, yeah, 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 give me your money, I can do this, that, and the other with it, and then then tell you, no, 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 we, we had a downturn, but you, you don't know how to read charts, you don't know how to read banking charts, or you don't know, you don't know how to read um, trading charts, and you don't understand, so you're like, oh, you lost, it. oh, okay, yeah, this time the guy just pocketed your money, you know, it's, it's, it, and it, it can be a minefield, you know, but as I said, the more you, for me, the more that I learn about different things, um, the easier it became for me to have conversations with people and have people around me that um, knew what needed to be done. Because you can't do it, sometimes you can't do it yourself. Like I, we, we set up a company last year, um, do into a field that I've never, never ever been in. I didn't even know that field existed, um, but, through once the guy said to me, Oh, we need to do something together and whatever. This is the field that I'm in. We can do this in this part of the field. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go and learn about it. I'm gonna go and spend days sitting with the guy that works in that field and figure out how this works. And you figure out how it works, and you're like, okay, right. Before before lockdown was um, before lockdown kicked in, it, it, there's companies absolutely creaming um, 
money out of this thing that I've never heard of before, mm. you know? And that is another thing, like being around people that kind of know what they're doing. It's um, that, I think that's probably, it's the knowledge bit, the mentor bit, and have, and like aligning yourself with people that are like-minded and want to do the same thing as you, or people that are more experienced than you, that are not trying to rip you off, that can, can help you get up. Because there's always someone who's done it before. You can't reinvent the wheel. Right. The wheel's, the wheel's there. You just need someone to show you how the wheel works, you know, and then learn about the wheel and then you're, you're good to go. So the knowledge piece is very important. I find a lot of times, even with my students and your teacher, so you understand as well, they just want the end result, right? And even sometimes we do that. I do it at times. Bro, just show me how it, just show me the end result. I don't want to see all the pieces in between, right? Like that takes a lot of time. Just mm -hmm. show me the end and we'll be fine. And in some occasions that works out well. If you just need to solve a, a quick problem, just knowing the end result can get you there. But when you talk about building a legacy and generational wealth, it's important to have a strong foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And that foundation comes from knowledge, comes from immersing yourself in the field that you are trying to get personal footing in, right? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the trading, right? You go out, you recharge, you're figuring out what certain terminology means so that when you hear it, when you see it on the trading apps, you're not caught off guard. You have an idea mm -hmm. um, of how it works. So knowledge is very important. And the other thing you mentioned, um, the networking, people underrate networking big time when that's what it boils down to. The guys you mentioned who were able to get their loan underwritten by, I guess, this millionaire is because mm -hmm. of the connections that they had, how mm -hmm. you were able to get into this business that, you know, is putting money in your pocket. It's the connections that you have. I think it's mm -hmm. important for people to understand that not, not everyone wears their skills on their sleeve. That's right. But at the same time, we can't just ignore someone because their skills aren't visible. They may yeah. have something that if we put two and two together, we're reaching to a hundred. That's right. You know, and I think sometimes we overlook people or we ignore certain possible opportunities because it doesn't look profitable. It doesn't look as though it could be beneficial to us and you know, we end up, we end up screwing ourselves, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the, it is the, the it's the instant IG, instant gratification mm -hmm. generation. So the, if you want, there's so, it's so funny, because where, I'm, just, a, just, a, I've got a segue a bit, where my friend lives, he, where he's moved to, everybody there's, they're doing well, they're wealthy, mm -hmm. they've, they've got money, they've had, they've got businesses or whatever, what, business I've never even heard of. So what he was saying to me is, there's all these millionaires out there that have had started 
but it's the long game. They've had the business for 10 years or 20 years and they've, they've, they've done all the grind and then somebody else big has come in and bought them out and they've sold the business on because the, the business was profitable and then they're able to take that money and then retire or whatever it was that they needed to do. The problem that we have is sometimes is we want it now. So you, you, wanna, you wanna cut corners because you're like, right, I need to make a hundred grand in six weeks. Yeah. So, so we, you're not gonna do that. And you know, initial, you know, maybe you might just be one of those people who just got a knack for things, and you start trading or whatever you start doing, and 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 then you go and you you do that. But for the average person starting from scratch, you've just got a. They don't want to do the process. I say this to my son all the time. The process is the bit where you learn the most. Yeah. It, it's really good saying, I just want to go from A, A to Z. But you have to learn, if you learn everything in between, then you have the whole, you, no one can ever take that away from you. Once you've got that, that, no one can't take that information away from you. It is, it's key. And this is why this instant gratification, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not digging on um, drug dealers, but I understand why. It, you know, you've got a product, you can sell that product, and then you, and, and the, the, the instant gratification, you can turn that product around quickly because the supply and demand is high. So you can go out there, you can do that hustle, and you can do all of that, and then you get the money. The, the only difference is you have no peace of mind at, at home. But you can do that with any product if there's supply and demand for it. You don't have to do something that's, that's illegal. I mean, it, it, even the trading, I learned that from somebody that um, they went to jail. And when they came out of jail, they were like, this is about networking. They met a guy and he was like, oh man, this, 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 this. and he taught him how to do it. And then he'd come out and he taught me how to do it. And then I've gone and found mentors and, and he said, get these books and I've gone and done that. And boom, boom, boom. It, it, it's, it's, it's that, it's that kind of thing where you, you, you kind of just got to, um, you got to follow the process. And every time I skip the process, cuz, lost money. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want it to seem as if I'm making excuses. Well, it's not excuses. To an extent, I understand the, the instant gratification piece for some people. Because when you've been in a certain economic position for a, mm -hmm. a period of time, you mm. want that hundred thousand now, right? That's yep. like you said, that's why drug dealing works. It's a very quick supply and demand. I have what you want, you have the money, we're exchanged. Mm. I went from I was watching one of those drug shows the other day and they said it was they were doing Molly and mm. what the guy had, he said he got it for about I want to say six, I want to say $600, the amount that he had. And by the time they cut it up, make it into, you know, the grams or whatever yeah. it goes into, it turns into like $2,800. Mm. And it's like, that makes sense. Like, no wonder well, people, it's, it's people it's do basically. it, right? <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, know, hundred to, to twenty eight hundred, <laughs> you know, real quick. Um, yeah. 
it, it just works out. But the instant gratification piece of people have been struggling, right? Certain people, especially here in America, there's certain demographic of individuals who have been mm. struggling for such a long period of time that when they see something, they just want it now because, yo, I've been eating mayonnaise sandwiches for mm. the past three years. You know, I've been struggling where it is, you know, one pack of chicken and how many of us in the house and that has to last for the week with, you know, a half a loaf of bread or something like that. So I, I understand. No, I completely it. understand it. I completely understand it, cuz. But is it? At the same time, it, it isn't a long-term solution. We know it's they, not a long-term yeah. solution. If, yeah, if they, if I've always, I've, there's people that I know that, that were in that, were in that business. And what they did was they were in, they made the money and they got out. And then they used that money and made that money, real money. Right. And invested it. The problem is, and when I mean, I look at people like Escobar and all these other, how much money is enough money for you? Right. You, you, got so much, you got so much money, you're spending two grand on elastic bands. Right. <laughs> and you got, rats eat, you, got, you got rats eating the money. And that when you broke out, you were so cold, you were burning money. Right. You, you had so much money, you were able to burn it to keep yourself hot. Yeah, so my greed. It it gets to it becomes an issue of greed now. It's right, and this and this is the thing is there's two types of greed. Obviously, there's legal greed and is illegal greed. Now I know and you know that there's what was that thing Emron or whatever where they stole the people's pensions. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, and they ended up going to jail. We know about that when the guy, I mean, that movie is brilliant to watch. So anybody that wants to get into trading and stuff to watch the big short um, and explain that this guy betted against the market because he knew that all the traders were greedy and that the thing was, the thing was going to, um, the bubble was going to pop on the thing and made absolutely millions betting that the thing was going to pop. And by the time they realized that it was going on too late. Yeah. So for me, the difference between them is, and 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 um, the other instant type of gratification is, obviously, they're doing legal greed. You know, they're taking someone, someone kind of, oh, give us a hundred grand and we'll make this. I'll be a hedge fund guy, and you know, you're doing whatever you're doing with these people's money. You never go to jail for that. Right. You you, you might do if you misled them, obviously, because you need new financial um, regulations that are in. But the likeness of you going to jail for that. Um, is is limited, but you know you get caught with a hundred grand's worth of coke in your car. Yeah, going down. Your But the what the the, fact, the worst thing about it is, it's the length of time that you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. So even if the guy stole, if 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 a hedge fund guy stole a hundred grand, you might get six months to a year in jail, the most for those kind of financial crimes. You get caught with a hundred grand. No explanation on uh, and you're 100 grand worth of cocaine or weed. You're going to jail for long, especially in the US. It's all about who who is controlling this, right? So it's the same thing when people talk about the um, the war on drugs, right? The 70s and 80s and the, oh, right. the crack epidemic. Right. And right. The, oh, the difference between 
cracking cocaine, right? Because cocaine in its purer form, which would be more potent, but because it were it was the higher echelon of people using it, they get mm. less less time yeah. for having more than the person with the crack, which you would most yeah. likely find in the more economically disadvantaged um, areas. You know, so well, even going back in history. Hmm? Who, who it is that who's controlling it the hedge fund guys aren't going to get a lot of time because the lawmakers need them to make them more money so i can't right. for my boy to get locked up because you know somebody lost a couple hundred thousand dollars it's okay hmm. we can make that up yeah i mean you steal people's pensions and you don't you know i mean what did they get like 10 years 15 still millions they stole millions of that, those emerald they stole millions yeah. Those guys that in those hedge fund guys that made that bubble pop, the, the big great crash, they stole, they lost millions, billions of people's money. They, they, ain't, they ain't getting 25 years, but we know that the war on drugs is, is ethnic-based anyway. It's the same yeah. thing they did when they made opium illegal because they were targeting the Chinese and 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 HEP because of the um the Mexicans. So, right. you know, I mean, America's got, I mean, Europe, and but America has a long history of targeting drugs that are, you know, culturally associated with certain ethnic groups. And, yeah. and you know, and but now it's just basically, as I've said, it's, it's, it's rich and poor. Because I watched a thing the other day and a guy lost his job in a steel mine, this was in America, and um, started uh, selling meth to feed his family. He was 45 at the time. It gave him 75 years. I mean, that's the thing that the sentences that you give out in America are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> You've just said to him, you're dying in jail, basically. He got caught with some meth. I can't even remember how much it was. It didn't even, it wasn't even, I don't think it was a kilo. And anyway, they gave him 75 years. So ridiculous. And, and the guy was saying, they were talking about the, the difference between rich crime and poor crime. If you're poor, yeah. poor now, and he was poor and white. It's the same as being black and uh, black and poor. You're poor and white. It's the same. You get treated like a black person, and yeah. it's seven years. So, you know, it's it's. But understanding, if if you knew from younger, even you know, it's different when you're in the hood. I understand the projects and all of that, and it's just just a way of life. And and some of them get out, and some of them don't. But if you knew and you had the knowledge from younger, your parents were trading, and that knowledge was passed down, and that wealth was passed down it just sets you up that you just don't even, you, you're, you're risk-taking in terms of, of, of these things is less. Or you got in, you got the money, and then you just went and, and invested it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, even the money, like even the thing with the, the Panama Papers, like all these people at like these fake companies <laughs> doing money, you know? It's, it's um, the, 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 the rich are, are super crooked, um, some of them, and they don't they don't go to jail for the crimes when they're really stealing millions of pounds and people go to jail for a lot less. No, and not, not at the same rate as individuals who are sometimes just doing things, though illegal, it's just mm. to keep food on their tables, to keep a roof over their, their children's heads. Yeah. But looking yeah. at all of that and, you mm -hmm. know, what we do to maintain, and I know by day you're a teacher, but you're also a writer, but one of your other talents gifts businesses i would say is your william j silver line right your clothing mm -hmm. 
and apparel line. How is that coming along? Any new pieces coming out? What we've got oh to God. So, so, oh, that's so interesting. So, um, with the clothing line, it's so interesting. So, you know, obviously there was that big push in the market and everybody was buying, buying all the t-shirts and the hats and those things are, um, those things are doing well. And then remember, I was encouraging everybody, make your own, like everyone, get your own clothing line. Like yeah. people were doing it before, but you know me, I'm a person, I'm like, you know, as anybody knows me, it will know that if you connect with me, the only thing I'm ever going to do is push you to do the best you can in your field. Like, don't give up whatever you want to do. As I said, if you want to write a book, come talk to me, I'll be right. You want to start coming I'll show you how you do it. You know, I want to inspire people uh, to do all of these things. Um, and the clothing line just absolutely was just blowing off the, the, the rails. It was just going, it was going, it was going, it was going. But I just didn't have the time because it all comes down to marketing because yeah. you have to have enough money to continuously market what you're doing to stay relevant. And as you know, Barbara, Sue Boys, and it's, it's just me, you know, and Big One lives with me. It's, it's um, it, I just didn't have the time to concentrate on that level of marketing. Then I went, I realized like everyone's got a clothing line and I just can't, you know me, I can't be like everyone else. Just like like when you were doing the, that line, like I've got those t-shirts. They're they're I don't even want to wear them because because <laughs> I've got this thing like they're gonna be classics. Do you know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? I'm like those are classic. I mean even it's, it's so funny like in the um over the Christmas it's cold hair and I, I did the um the woolly like the woolly hats. They're not yeah. woolly hats. They're like um earmuff things, but they go all around the headbands that I did. Okay. Um, like the woolen headbands, and I saw a girl wearing one the other day, like with my logo on the on the front, and I was just like, and she's like, oh, I just, oh, I can't stop ripping. I saw a girl wearing my t-shirt the other day, but they know that those things are exclusive. Like once that's done, it's done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And um, so the next push is I've gone in a different direction. So have you seen the bags? I've glimpsed them. Right, so I've got the the, the overnight the overnight bags. Yeah, but I've got a pulley now, and it looks okay. It look, yeah, but the, the thing where I've gone with it is, you know, the whole reason why I started the clothing line was was me going into one of these designer stores and yes, design, and they were just trying to outprice me, so I was like making my own stuff. Um, but what I really want to do is just make it affordable, but also exclusive. You know, so you can get all the t-shirts, you know, if you want to go online and buy a t-shirt, go and buy a t-shirt. But if you've got the bag, there's only going to be 10 of the bags. Um, you know, if you're getting the capsule and other thing, like I only sell a certain amount of caps every summer because I just, I hate going out and seeing people in my shit. I mean, telling you my stuff, <laughs> no swearing. But yeah, I hate seeing people about like, about, you know, you buy something and you, you really like it and you see someone else wearing it. And not that, you know, obviously they make millions of these things sometimes, but. I really like that exclusivity. And um, so I've gone down this route now around making um, bags. I've got, I've got a really good manufacturer. And so I've got these bags coming, um, really nice. The pulley is, I even got, I've got, I'll send, some, I'll send you some pictures. Okay. You can't, you can't share them that because they're, 
the top secret at the moment. Yeah, so the, yeah, basically, the pulley, the pulley will come with your initials on nice. one side. So you've got the logo on one side and then your initials. So it's all personalized. It's, you know, you know, I'm probably going to sell 10 of those. I'm not going to sell any more than that. And then that will be it. And then it'll be done. And then the hats will come again because it's summer. And then I'll sell how many of those. And then once the hats are done, then it's done. It's, for me, it's going to be a seasonal thing until I can um, get the time to really do the marketing properly. It's, and you know, you know, as I said, you, you come home, I've got to write a book, got to run a clothing line, got to be a dad, <laughs> plus, a, <laughs> plus a football coach, plus all the other things, plus a mentor, plus this, plus the counsellor, plus the, you know, all of these other things that you've got to do. And it really and truly, it's, um, and one of the things that I've been doing, which the kids love, is they get exclusive stuff. So, especially, you know, middle one, he, he would, he, he would act like he don't want to wash the tracksuit. After <laughs> <laughs> tell him, they're gonna put the tracksuit in the wash. Like, what are you doing? Like, it is. Oh yeah, but you know, and you know, it. Will, you know, even my dad. You know, the, I saw that um, Uncle Owen's seventieth, and he's busting that shirt hard. Yeah, you know? he had on the shirt. I, I saw that shirt. shirt last year. Well, yeah, we, he busted it. As I said to him, there's only one of those shirts. Mm. And I'm not going to make another one. That's that. I made that shirt for my dad. No one else is going to have that. You, you know, you, no one's going to have that shirt. So those are the things that I'm, I'm going to go down, you know, and you might even just become a, like a, just an internal close friends and family thing. And we have it. And then people, you know, if you want to, when their things do go on sale um, to the general public, you grab it up and you, even the, I've got a mask and all sorts that I had. Um, it's a shame that you lot are in America, isn't it? Because it's just like it's 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 um you can't get access to the things. That yeah, a lot to. of the exclusive stuff we can't get over yeah. here. We get the we get the t shirts mm, and the hoodies and stuff, but and um hoodies, yeah, but the other usually your exclusive like the leather products, the accessories mm. we don't get access to those. Yeah, which is which is which is a shame because I know you lot you lot support, but um, that will we'll we'll figure that out some at some point. But um, those are the that, that's where I'm at with the the clothing line at the moment, the 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 brand really not even clothing line, the brand branding at the moment. Um, and then see where I go from see where I go from there. I mean, I'm never gonna stop. A lot of people start and stop and start and stop. I'm never gonna stop doing. Every year I'm gonna push out my thing. People will buy it they, and they wear it, they wear it, they wear it, they don't, you know, they don't. But as I said, it's, it will be um, when they're gone, they're gone. And that's one of the things that I promised. Like, I, you don't want to be going down the road and seeing everybody else in your T-shirt or your hoodie, which is, which I don't like. So, you know, I'm going to keep it super exclusive. Okay. So, because we talked about a lot of things, whether your book, you know, you as an educator, you as a business person across the fields, clothing, you in stocks, your secret businesses, all these things that you're doing. <laughs> where, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Um, um, probably in New York, chilling, <laughs> because I've nailed it. Um, no, um, I see, in the next five years, I'm gonna, I mean, the funny thing is, it's really scary. I look quite young and she's, it's, in three years, I'm gonna be 50, cause 
It's three. So, I was gonna say five years, not fifty. But no, three three years to fifty. So, um, we got good genetics, but yeah, three years yeah, to fifty. Cool. So, there are some milestones that I need to achieve um, in that time, and I need to ensure um, that I'm working towards those things. So, so. In five years, really and truly, I, I need to have maybe another business up and running, um, this third book done, um, so that's done, the, the brand, you know, in shops, you know, even if it's just boutiques. Um, and then me being more peace with the kind of legacy that I'm laying out for my children as well. You know, I think that that is, I think one of the things is what I've, which you don't know, I haven't spoke to you, but obviously I've had this little bit of a health scare and it's kind of put a lot of things into perspective for me in terms of the way that you pursue the world, the way that the world kind of, um, the way that you see the world changes when you when you realize that you might have just not been here tomorrow mm. things that were important to you before that scare are no longer important to you that you know what I mean? like your your priorities change and the way that you want to treat people and and love and and the way that you want to enjoy your life changes. so for me i think that changed the way that I wanted to see the next five years, to be honest. Um, I probably would have pushed myself harder to be, I don't know, I would say like a, I would have probably burnt the candle at both ends to just kind of just force myself to be at a certain level, okay. like financially and, and secure and all of that now. And then I realized like, as much as I'm saying that, that money gives you options, well, you still need to have your health, you know? So there's no point in me burning the candle at both ends and then having a heart attack. <laughs> and you lot are like, well, you, you you can't take the money with you. Exactly. You can't take it with you. So five years, um, I just need to, uh, uh, for me, I just need to, health is wealth for me. And I just need to keep following the process um, what I'm going because life is a continual process really you can't and when you cut corners um in life you know you end up falling off the edge you know and you know I'm a firm believer in God as well you know this and it's not everybody has a purpose and I, I, I believe that in the next five years you know God's going to use me to continue to do what I'm probably doing and inspiring all these young people and, and get in their head and plus I want more kids you know, I was gonna say it, and I, I was need to get married. I'm gonna go there. And I need to get married. I need, I need to get married, and um, I need to have. Um, I'd like to have a, a little girl, if possible. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Three boys is a lot. <laughs> Three boys is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> all right, so there's not enough. There's not enough food in the house for three boys. For three boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good luck luckily the baby he he 
he's not at that level yet, but feeding. Yeah, not, yeah, not, not like them, them two when they drank um, 10, 10 pints of milk and, and um, three boxes of cereal in five days. Oh, I was just like, goodness. you just can't make it up. You just can't make it up. My goodness. So, because final question, mm -hmm. which I ask of everyone who stops by and chops it up with me. What does a conscious blend mean to you? Um, I think it's everything we spoke about. I think it's being able to be conscious of yourself and others and, and being able to, to really integrate that. And as you said, blend it with, within your life and being able to connect and inspire others. I mean, for me, it's, you, you, your consciousness is the, you know, yourself and then being able to blend that with others. For me personally, I think it's about really, we talked about the importance of networking earlier. And um, I think that that's, uh, uh, for me, a conscious blend would be the combining of minds to probably create, I don't know, just having two or three, two or three gathered together there. I mean, you miss, you can do anything um, when you, blend with others would be my kind of thing when you connect with other people consciously you can you can definitely um do great things sounds good i know we've talked for a while about doing something together having some type of collaboration it mm. hasn't happened yet but hopefully we can make it happen now we're collaborating right now well definitely <laughs> Definitely. I was thinking more, you know, we've talked about like doing a book together or, you know, doing some of the type of business venture together. So, you know, as long as you said, as long as you're here, I need to move you here. You need to come here. You I need, I need to come and visit, but you, you know, like I said, as long as we have breath, there's opportunity, right? Yeah, come on. That's it. Cause thank you so much for taking the time out. I appreciate it. Thank mm -hmm. you for dropping some gems of wisdom. Always a good time chopping it up with you. Yeah. Thank you good. very much. And um, say goodbye to everybody. And I'm wishing you all the best. And I feel inspired to inspire other peoples and network and, and work hard. And as I said, the, the, my last thing will be just don't skip the process. That's where, where all the knowledge is. That's it. I know you always texted me and reminding me of what it is that I need to be doing or what I said I'm going to be doing and seeing if I'm, if I'm doing it. So I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that. I love you much. And we, we gonna make it big that Williams name. It's going to be remembered for a long, long time for real. Sure is. Sure is. Right. You be safe cause. All right. Cause you too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care.